Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Praise God. And healing the sick was a fulfillment of that prophecy. And when you hear the Word of the Christ. See, now here's the thing. These are things, our statement here, I own because He paid. You see, there are things that belong to me in Christ because he paid for them. And many times we live our lives far short of what he paid for. It's like the video at the beginning. The video said, you know, this is, this is my place. Well, my place today is in Christ. Praise God. But we don't live like we're in Christ because we don't really believe we're in Christ. That's just a, just a, a, a phrase many times. You see, we don't, we don't get it. And that's one of the things that's said in the video. You know, I haven't taken advantage of this place because I just don't get it. We haven't taken advantage of this place that we have in Christ because I don't believe it or I just don't understand it or I just don't get it. Well, you see, you're going to get it as you determine that I am going to let nothing that Jesus did at the cross be in vain. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there, there are many Christians who have no desire to live at a higher level. You know, I want to create a hunger in you. I want to create a desire in you because there is a place that he wants you to enjoy. There is a place in Christ that he wants you to walk in. There is a place in Christ that he wants you to benefit from because it's been provided. Jesus did not go to the cross in vain. He went there for a reason. He went there so you could be changed, praise God. Not so you could change yourself. But so the power of the cross begins to change you. Now, why is it that we abandon the cross when, when we encounter difficulties in our life. Well, if, if, you know, if, if God's so good, then I shouldn't be experiencing this. If God's so good, then I shouldn't have trouble come into my life. No, the cross was not about you never having trouble. The cross was about you knowing how to win and be empowered to win when you do encounter trouble. 
Praise God. Praise God. I encounter trouble. You encounter trouble. We'll all encounter trouble in our lives. But the cross was so we could win when we encounter trouble. You know, and and the thing is, so many Christians, when they encounter trouble in their life, they immediately abandon everything that Jesus did. And they start getting mad at God and blaming God. You know, if you see a person that's mad at God, you see a person that has no revelation of what Jesus did. When you see a, a, a Christian who has, who has turned their back on God and abandoned the, the, the walk of faith in their life, and, they, and they've, they've turned away from that, you're looking at a person who has no revelation. I'm not saying they never had a revelation, but I'm saying that somewhere along the line, the devil has stolen the revelation from them. Well, I'm just mad at God. I've had people tell, like, like it should make me feel better, that, well, the reason I don't come to church, I'm just kind of mad at God. Well, that don't make me feel any better. In fact, the only thing that does for me is that makes me feel like I hadn't done a good job of communicating the revelation. I realize, I know it's not, you know, it's not always my fault. Sometimes it could be. But I'm, I know that, that that's not necessarily my fault because the fact is they have a Bible. Do you go to your Bible to find the answers? Or do you go to unbelieving friends? See, maturity says, I'm going to see what God has to say about this. And here's the first, I'm going to give you the most important key to, uh, two, two points really. Uh, th- these work together. You know, you go to the safe deposit box and you have a key and the banker has a key. And you have to have both keys to get into the safe deposit box. Well, here's two keys that work together. The first one is God's good. Can ever throw that key away. Never, ever, ever lose that key. God is good. Two, God is always right. And if I'll hang on to those two keys, it'll get me through everything. If There may be things that contradict that. There may be things that seem like that's not true. But I'm telling you, it's true. God is good. And God's always right. And I have established those two things in my life. And if anything contrary to those two points, anything that does not embrace those two points, you know, I don't have time for that. I mean, don't come tell me I don't have time to listen to you if you're going to tell me that either one of those points is not true. There's, there's, there's no time in my life for that. Praise God. God is good, and God is right. Praise God. Now, if, if I don't think God's right about something, I don't understand. There's, there's something I'm not understanding. Praise God. There are things in the Scripture. I've read the Bible, and I have found things in the Bible that didn't seem right. Didn't seem to fit. Well, 
because I made the decision God's always right, therefore, my conclusion is not that God was wrong. My conclusion is that I didn't understand something. And there's been a lot of misunderstandings on my part. There's, there's been a lot of things I just didn't get. I didn't understand it. And, and when I see something in the Bible or when I see something in my life that, that does not line up with God is right, <clears throat> there's something about that situation I don't understand. I need to find out what it is I don't understand. See, God said this. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask. And when you ask, you've got to give him time to talk. You've got to listen to him talking. You know, don't just, many people, well, I prayed about it. What they mean is they told God what they think. Anybody ever done that? You just told God what you think? And then, and then you say, oh, I prayed about that. Well, I would do a whole lot better if, if I tell God what I think and I say, well, you know, this, this is what I think, but it's, it just doesn't add up. It's, you know, so I need you to teach me. Praise God. You know, I, I need you to show me where I'm wrong. I need you to show me where I'm missing this. I need you to show me what it is I'm not understanding here. And he will. Praise God. Now, the Apostle Paul goes on in Philippians 3. He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may, get this right here, I love this, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. In other words, Jesus did what he did for a reason, and I want to fulfill the reason for what Jesus did. That's what Paul says. He says, I, 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 want, I press on. He says, I haven't attained yet. This, get, keep in mind who this man is that is saying this. This is the man who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. This is the man that, you know, I, I consider these two people, of, of, of all people, probably had the greatest revelation of Jesus of any individuals that ever lived, and that was Paul and John. Those two people probably had the, the, the highest revelation of Jesus of any person that ever walked on this earth. And yet, this man, Paul, he says, I do not count myself yet to have apprehended. But one thing I do, I press on that I may know him. Praise God. And the power of his resurrection. Let's read it. Verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on <clears throat> that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also 
laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are, what, what's the word next? You're looking at your Bible, right? Let as many of us as are mature. We've been talking about growing up. As many of us as are mature have this mind. Want to be mature? Want to grow up? Have this mind. Have this mind. I have not yet apprehended. I have not yet pressed in to experience all that God has provided for me in Christ. I've still got some pressing forward to do. Let those who are mature. He didn't say you'll be mature when you don't need to press forward anymore. He says you, you are mature when you recognize that you have not yet apprehended. When you recognize that you have not yet been perfected, but you are determined to press forward. He calls that maturity. Praise God. Pressing forward. It's not when you come to the point that you don't need to press forward anymore. It's when you recognize that you must press forward. That's maturity. Praise God. Then he says, nevertheless, uh, he says if, uh, that you should have this mind if you're mature. And if anything otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Praise God. He says, as to, to the degree, to the level that you have attained, he says, walk in it. Walk in it. And walk by this rule that I am pressing, I'm living what I know now, and I'm pressing forward to more. Praise God. I'm living according to what I know right now, to the degree of revelation that I have already received, I am living out what I know. I am living out what, uh, according to the place that I have come to in Christ. Let me just ask this question. How many of you are living out what you know? How many of you are walking according to what you know? You see, if you're abandoning it when trouble comes, if you're abandoning what you know of Christ when hard times come, no, that's not living out what you know. But what you know, you made a decision. Remember that God's good? And if something looks like God's not good, then whatever it is that says God's not good is lying. Not God lied. I had somebody tell me one time, God lied. 
No, he did not. You're lying. God did not lie. Well, God lied to me. God told me this was going to happen. Well, God didn't lie. You lying. So I made a decision. God is good. And God is right. And if I think he's not good, I'm wrong. I didn't understand something. I need to learn something. I need to grow in something. If I think God's not right, there's something I didn't understand. Praise God. To the level to which I have attained, and this is the, very, this is the most elementary of all things. God's good and God's right. That's the most elementary. There, there is nothing more basic than that. I may not even know why Jesus went to the cross. I may just know that he did. Or maybe I've just heard that he did. But if I've made the decision that God's good and God's right, then I know that, you know, whatever else I misunderstand, he says, we can learn. We can learn that. We can learn that. But you'll never learn beyond that. If you haven't made that decision, you will not learn beyond that. You will not grow beyond that. You will not mature beyond that. That is the most basic, most elementary. Praise God. God's good and God's right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, I just don't understand. How could a God that is, is a good God, how could he do this? Did you ever consider maybe he didn't do it? Did you ever consider that maybe you don't understand something? Praise God. He says, let us live by this rule. We walk not according to the flesh. Praise God. This is what the, the, these are the points that Paul made in this passage. I no longer live according to the flesh. My goal is to know him, and that I may fulfill the purpose for which he did what he did. Praise God. I'll say that again. Thank you. That I may fulfill the purpose for which he did what he did. He did it for a purpose. He did it for a purpose. And it wasn't for the purpose of giving us a new religion. His purpose was to change life on planet earth. Praise God. And this is the way to maturity. Praise God. Now, let's get this. I've got to come to the place that I know that just because, 
you, you see, you need to understand that, that not everything is as it appears. Not everything is as it appears. E.W. Kenyon, uh, in the early part of the last century, E.W. Kenyon was a man that had uh, a tremendous revelation ahead of his time uh, of our identification with Christ. And E.W. Kenyon said there, there are things that, you know, that, that he said there, there is the way things appear and then there is the way things really are. The way things appear and the way things really are. You see, if we just live according to the way things appear, we're going to be messed up. But if we'll learn to live according to the way things really are. See, there, there is, there's two, two different things here. You know, I, I say this all the time. Instead of living according to the way we feel, we should live according to what we know. If you live according to how you feel, you're going to be on a roller coaster for your life. If you live by what you feel, you're always going to be on a roller coaster. But if you'll learn to live by what you know, and what, what did I say was the very most elementary thing you can know? God's good, God's right. And if I know those two things and I live according to those two things, I'll get off that roller coaster. Praise God. Praise God. We're stopping the roller coaster right here. It's time to get off. Okay? God is good and God is right. Praise God. Praise God. Now, Here's the thing. I've, I've got to stop looking to people for my, va my validation. When I begin to look to God for my validation, I, I guarantee you I wouldn't be here today doing what I do if I had not learned to get my validation from God. Because people haven't always done what I wanted them to do. There were people that I looked to and wanted them to validate me, and they didn't. You know, when I was coming up in ministry, I had the highest regard and highest respect for my pastor, Pastor David Emi. Went to heaven several years ago. But... I wanted so much for him to validate me. I, it, was, it was such a big deal to me to have his approval. Because of the level of respect that I had for him, I wanted him to approve of me. But I all, always felt like he didn't. Now, I come to, found out, come to find out later that that wasn't even true. It was just something that the, the devil was messing with me and wanted me to believe that. 
And I found out that at a later time that that really wasn't true. In fact, he held very high regard for me. Uh, I didn't hear that from him. I heard it from other people that heard him. Okay, which, you know, but, but I wanted to hear that. But if I had just simply lived by and, and gone about my business and gone about fulfilling the call of God on my life, if I had done so in, in accordance with, based on his approval, I wouldn't be here. Because, like I said, I, I always thought he really didn't validate me. That I was always somewhere secondary in his his thinking, a a, a a lower class of you know, and that that's that's what I thought. And like I said, I know that was the devil messing with my head. But I and I actually think that uh, you know one day when we get to heaven together, I'm going to ask him <laughs> because you know in. in as I've thought about that, I, I think that that was intentional. That he didn't want to let me know that he validated me because he wanted me to learn to get my validation from God. And, you know, and, and so, therefore... He wanted me to look to the Lord, not to him. And I'm so glad that he did. And looking back now, knowing what I know now, I'm glad that, I mean, if that was, was his intention, if he, if he did that intentionally, you know, I want to say thank you. Because I got my validation from the Lord, and that validation has never changed, praise God. And that validation is, is the only validation that really counts. And I want to tell you, if people around you don't seem to, to give you the credit that you think you should have, get your validation from God. Praise God. Because I'm telling you, He approves of you. He approves of you. Praise God. He doesn't necessarily approve of everything you do. He approves of you. He approves of you. Praise God. And there's, there's a big difference. You know, I love people that I don't love everything they do. But I love them. Praise God. I am for them. I'm not for everything they do. But I'm for them. We've got to understand the difference. Praise God. Praise God. And so learn to get your validation. Romans chapter 8, verse number 31 says this, What then shall we say to these things if God be for us? And he is. Who then can be against us? Praise God. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things. He's saying if Jesus gave his son for you, what more do you need? What more do you need to say God's for you? What, more, what further proof do you need that God is for you? 
He gave His Son for you. Praise God. He's for you. He is for you. You'd do well to memorize that verse right there. Put that to memory. Write it on a postcard. Put it on an index card. Stick it on your mirror. Remember that if God spared not his son, but freely delivered him up for me, how shall he not also with him freely give me all things? He is for me, and because he is for me, who can be against me? Praise God. And, and literal translation of that should say that, that God, if God is for me, who can be against me successfully? It doesn't mean nobody will ever be against you. They probably will. You know, the person you're sitting right next to you might be against you sometimes. But God is for you, and if God is for you, who can ever be against you successfully? And God proved that he is for you by the fact that he did not withhold his son from you. He is for you. Praise God. Praise God. Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's why he approves of you, because of the Christ that lives in you. Praise God. Because you have been joined to the Lord. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the righteous requirement of the law has been met. Do you get that? Do you get that? All of the law, all of the commandments, all of that has been met in Christ. From the cross, I live as though it has been met. Praise God. I live as though the work has been finished. I live as though I can rest in what he has done. Praise God. We make life way too hard. If we realize that the righteous requirement of the law has been met in Christ. We'll live on a different level. Because, see, here's the thing. As long as I think I've got to live in a certain way and I think I have to, to meet a certain standard in order for God to be accepting of me, as long as, as long as I believe that I've got to somehow every day of my life I've got to impress God, there's days I, do, I know I don't impress God. There are days I know that I'm coming short of His standard for me. There are days when I know I don't measure up. But the requirement, the righteous requirement of the law has been met in Christ 
for me. Even on those days, even on the days when I mess up the most, he hasn't changed toward me. See, sin doesn't change God's mind about you. Sin changes your mind about God, but it doesn't change God's mind about you. And I'll never be able to live victoriously as long as I'm living in sin. Not because God changed his mind, but because my mind changed toward him. If my mind hadn't changed toward him, then I'll quit that sinning. If I find myself sinning, I, I, the, the fact is that my mind's changed about him. Somehow I believe that he wasn't for me. Or I believe he wasn't good. Or I believe he's trying to hold something back from me. See, if I believe God's trying to, this is what Eve did. Eve believed the serpent's temptation when, when he said, you know, has God really said, God knows that, he, that this good thing, he's reserving that for himself. He's keeping it away from you. And this is the place that we come in our lives sometimes that we think God's holding back a good thing from us. So I would be better off to just do it my way. I would be, you know, I'm missing out on something that God is somehow involved in keeping this from me. It's a good thing. And you need to participate in it, or you need to partake of it, or you need to have it in your life. And it's a good thing, and God don't want you to have it because he's really not for you. God is on an ego trip, and he's just trying to, you know, and, and if you mess with his ego, then he's, he gets mad. And people believe that about God. But it's not true. He is for you. Or people say, well, I, I would rather offend my neighbor than to offend God. Well, you know what? You can't offend God. And, and the reason, I, let me explain that. That doesn't mean that God approves of everything you do. But you can't offend God because offense is a human weakness. And God doesn't have any human weaknesses. He's not offended by sin. He doesn't approve of sin because sin hurts you. But he's not, he doesn't take offense at your sin. He doesn't want you to sin. He knows sin will hurt you. And he doesn't want you hurt. But to be offended, that means that somehow, you know, here, here's the picture we have of God many times. Oh, I did this, so God is mad. He's not going to talk to me. He's not going to hear my prayers. 
He's, he's not going to bless me. He's not going to help me until I get this taken care of. And so then when something happens in someone's life, then they say, how have I offended God? What did I do to make God mad at me? What did I do to upset him? What did I do to deserve this? And instead of, when trouble comes, instead of looking at what Jesus did about it, they start looking for what I did to cause it. Do you see that? Maybe, maybe you've been there. Maybe when trouble comes into your life, you're looking for, oh God, what did I do to cause this? What did I do to deserve this? Instead of looking to what Jesus did about it. Praise God. If you'll know what Jesus did about it, then you can get out of it. But if you're looking for what you did to make God upset, you're going to stay in it for a long time. Because you're starting to play mind games with the devil, and the devil always wins at that. You start playing mind games with him, he wins because, you know, He'll remind you of stuff you did 40 years ago. And you say, he'll say, well, you didn't forgive so-and-so 40. Remember 40 years ago when this person said this to you? And you don't even remember it anymore. And he reminds you of it. So you start repenting for everything you can think of that you've ever done for the last 50 years that, that wasn't right. When the fact of the matter is, that's already gone. It's already been, been removed from you as far as the east is from the west. The only place it still exists is in your head. God forgot about it. He, put, he says, your, your sins and your lawless deeds, I will remember no more. That's what he said. But yet we think he still remembers something I did way back then, and that started as something in my life, and because of, I'm reaping this trouble right now because of something I did all that time ago that I don't even remember I did. And it took the devil to remind me of it. He remembers everything you did. And he'll pull it out whenever he feels it's to his advantage to do so. He'll pull it out and use it. But God didn't remember it. Praise God. Praise God. See, he's good. You already decided he's good, right? Decided he's good. Well, that's not good. That's not good. Praise God. When we are living beyond the cross, with the cross behind us, we live with the understanding that the righteous requirement of the law has been met in Christ and it has been counted to me. Praise God. And then I like this. You say, well, I'm just trying to be strong. Tell people, stop it. Stop trying to be strong. Because 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, the Apostle Paul says, I will boast only in my infirmity that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He said, because when I am weak, then I am strong. 
See, because, as long as I'm trying to be strong, then I can't be, for one thing, because the only strength I have is the strength I get from Him. So when I'm trying to be strong, the best thing I can do is say, Father, I'm not strong right now, except in Christ. And in Christ, His strength is made perfect in my weakness. So what does that mean? His strength is made perfect in weakness. That that means that, that when I acknowledge and recognize that I am too weak to handle this on my own, that His strength is perfected in me. Praise God. His strength becomes my strength. And really... That's the perfect place to be. Praise God. Praise God. So, so quit trying to, to toughen up. We just got to be tough. Just got to be tough. No. Lord, I'm weak right now. I'm weak right now in myself. But I know your strength is made perfect in my weakness. See, that's living by what you know, not by what you feel. I feel weak, but that's only my feeling. What I know is in Him, I am at my strongest place right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. His strength is made perfect in your Weakness. That's what the cross was for. Paul said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ laid hold of me. That's what he laid hold of you for. That's why Jesus did what he did. I live to fulfill what he did. To fulfill the purpose of what he did. I live to fulfill that. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I pray today. Father, that the revelation come alive on the inside of every one of us. Of the strength that is made perfect in our weakness. Of the strength that is ours because of what Jesus did at the cross. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus, Father, that we can make that decision once and for all that God is good and God is right. Father, that from that point, that place in our lives, we can begin to press forward to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. I want to, first of all, I want to give you an invitation this morning. That if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that's the first thing that Jesus did at the cross, the first and most important thing. 
He made a way so you could have fellowship with Father God. So that you could come into the family of God and your life will never be the same again. If you believe that Jesus went to the cross and he paid the penalty for your sins and that he rose again from the dead so you could have new life, then according to God's word, if you will confess that, confess his lordship with your mouth and believe that in your heart, then you will be saved. I want to ask everybody to pray this with me right now. Say this, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid the penalty in full for all of my sin, that the righteous requirement of the law was met in him. Today I choose Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love.